welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. Go to that location. There are the two links. I've said it before. I'll say it many times again. First link, podcast feed, the RSS feed, for those of you with uh, just a, a modicum more of, of technical savvy. And uh, it, it'll actually, it actually says that. It says it's the RSS feed. And I forget what it stands for, and I did know it one time. But in any event, it, it, it stands for something that sounds like it's electronic files or sound or music or video, whatever the files are. Your RSS feed is where you, if you are a podcaster, must, by virtue of a common uh, mechanism for, uh, for, for showing and preserving and distributing these things, it's where everybody keeps their individual podcasts so that others can go and find them. Ours, as I said, well, if you've gone to the site, you know what the site what the uh, what the address of the site is, but the first link will give you uh, the the, uh, the the listing of the podcasts, and that would in that list would begin with the show you're listening to right now. That's that would be the first on the list. But as new shows are put up, well, the last show on the list drops off. So it's add one, lose one, add one, lose one, and I haven't figured out how many shows are up there. I think, I think it's 50 or 60. Now, if you figure we do two shows a week on average here, but usually it is two shows a week, and let's just, let's say there's 60 shows. That means there's 30 weeks, there's more than half a year of center-left radio available for you to go ahead and explore, to, to find out about, to trace the, uh, uh, trace the genesis of ideas, uh, to trace the history, quite honestly, <laughs> of this country um, in, that, in, in that listing, in that RSS listing. And, and of course, uh, but you, that's there. There's 50 or 60 shows. Again, I'm not, I'm not sure of the number. On the uh, second link, in the second link, you're getting exactly one show. Again, this show, the one that you're listening to right now, as long as it is the most recent show, and it runs in a loop, and when that loop uh, hits the end of its loopdom, it begins anew. And you get to hear uh, what came before wherever you happen to have entered the loop when you hit the link the first time. You come in two-thirds of the way in, you'll hear a third of the show. Stick around to hear what the other two-thirds were all about, why, why it sounded as interesting as it did in that last third. Stay with us. We, we, we're, as I tend to say... We're happy to have you, no matter how you have joined us, under what, uh, what format you have joined us. And keep in mind that we are available as well 
wherever you get your podcasts. In that case, just look for Center Left Radio. Uh, it, it, it's getting really, really interesting. <laughs> oh, my. The Donald, the Donald show is entering... I'd like, to, I, I seem to feel it would be appropriate to say that this is, this, this is the end game. Now, I, I realize most Donald fans wouldn't feel that way. But it, and it's fans, by the way. It's, it's no one, I, I'm, by the way, I'm convinced of this at this point. And this, is, this goes with certain conversations that I've had recently, people I've spoken to. I, I am convinced of something more than other more than ever, about the relationship between Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump and his sycophants. And, and, and stay with me on this. True Trumpians, true MAGAites, the, the people who are, are, are consciously set up in the framing of those <clears throat> videos that uh, the Trump campaign you know, is very cautious to put together. There's always the same crazy black guy saying blacks for Trump, and and there's and there seem to be some familiar faces there, and they're holding up a placard or two or three. When when they compose that group, and and the impression we get about who they might be and where they're from, it is a very cautiously, thoughtfully assembled crowd for anyone of his shows that will ultimately get beyond, and they all get beyond, just the immediate audience on that night in that location, wherever his 757 and his hairstylist managed to get that day. The, the, the image is what it's all about. Image is everything. Donald knows this. And he and and there may be in that framed shot, uh, the I don't know, forty people, fifty people. There may be in the entire location, two hundred, three hundred. There could be, there could be five hundred, there could be eight hundred. But that framed shot is the the confidence shot. It's it's the it's the money shot, if you will that Trumpians, MAGAites, true, true believers, according to all statistics on all sides, people get that it's probably somewhere in the range of about, oh, I don't know, 25 to 30% of all Americans, maybe, of the voting, the voting population, maybe. That, that, whatever part of that group is there that night, they are framed, they're, they're set up, they're holding signs, they're, they're coached in, in reaction. They are basically preserving an image about who he is, how people react to him, what it's all about. Democrats don't have sign-holding, whooping and hollering people for... Well, for most Biden events, it doesn't work that way. But Donald has mastered this. 
It's basically repeating again and again. It's driving home again and again using the same visual and audible cues that he is in control, he is the master of everything, he's got it all there. And you see these people back there? They are representative of the whole damned country. Everybody is for me. That, that is, this is what that, that grouping that, that, that framed photo that you see over and over again tells you it's a, and it's, again, I, I have to give credit where credit is due. Donald has been brilliant in, in making sure his people, who, his, 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 his press and his visual people have composed these images in a way that leaves Democrats and rational people, people who are not trapped in the Trump MAGA bubble, in, in the insanity that that represents, it leaves you with a sinking feeling because we have been, we have been basically conditioned as well to react with, is, is it a combination of of hopelessness? Is it a con you know, how could he still be pulling crowds like this? Who on earth would believe him? But look at how it feels. And there is this sinking feeling that we are supposed to get. And I think too many of us probably do get when the money shot when the money shot appears by some hook or crook, whatever we happen to be watching, whatever vision, whatever uh, uh, cable TV or any other TV, but when this, when this unearned you know, media shot shows up and, and, and we, we look and we see these people and we see Donald and he's, and he's in this, he's, he's ultra cool, he's the mob boss in the dark suit and the, and the very loud tie and the oversized uh, uh, front of the suit so that his gut is covered up and the hair is ever just so and he's got all the, he's got all the tan, it's, it is manufactured to death. It's an image. Okay, it's an image. Don't forget, I'll say it again. It's an image. Go back to what I said a few moments ago. That image is representative of maybe, maybe 30% of the voters of this country. Now, here's something else that image tells you. It says that he is invincible. The repetition of that image in the midst of indictments coming down, he's got, he'll have three of them, uh, perhaps as early as by the end of the day. We thought it might have happened yesterday, the 27th of July. Uh, today being the 28th, it's a Friday. The grand jury in Washington, D.C., that's basically been hearing evidence uh, in the January 6th case against Trump, normally doesn't meet on a Friday. It could. But in any event, the target letter has been sent to Donald. If you take the Mar-a-Lago documents case, within the, send, within the period after the sending of the target letter to Donald, and this is, this is still Jack Smith, same group of people, it, took, uh, it was somewhere between two 
and three weeks, as I recall, before the actual indictment came down. We're right on schedule. So that if it came, if it came as early as Tuesday, and when, and when he's had the final meeting uh, with Trump's attorney, same thing as the Mar-a-Lago case, th that would that it put us right, right on schedule, right on schedule. So that if by Tuesday the actual indictment comes down, that's it. Now, what do what will Donald's people, the MAGAites, see and hear? Well, what happened the last time? was that before the government could take what ultimately was what we call a speaking indictment, in other words, it, it laid out in, in great form, in, in, in very stunning detail, quite honestly, what it was that the federal government, basically what the prosecutors for the government, had against Donald for the documents case. But, but, the, but the document was initially sealed. Thing is, that sealing has to do with public release, okay? It goes to the lawyers. It went to Donald's lawyers, and it was sealed for another, I think, another 72 hours. Well, during that period, Donald's lawyers, speaking to Donald, of course, and told him what was in it, well, Donald took control of the narrative there. They've got nothing, there's nothing there. It was absolutely, I, I, and he, he lied about what the nature of the, of the Presidential Records Act is completely, completely misrepresented, everything about it. Lied and lied and lied and lied and lied and lied. But he controlled the narrative just the way if you, again, the analogy may not seem quite perfect, but just the way he controls the narrative with the imagery that is out there, and it's consistent. And, and the consistency of it is what also gives this level and feeling and layers of, my God, he's got it. We can't touch him. He's able to say and do the same things over and over and over. He, no matter what they do, no matter how much they indict him now, even with all these indictments, nothing happens to the guy. In fact, with the Mar-a-Lago case, my God, he had control of the narrative from the get-go. Okay? What is it, though? Is it reality? What, what, what does all of that narrative control add up to? What does it buy him? What does it, how, how does it equate, does it equate to ultimate success in a criminal trial where you will be the defendant in two federal cases at least, one New York State case and one Georgia case? And the two federal cases... And I realize we, you know, I'm, I, I don't expect that we have an audience of attorneys here listening. But those two cases, from what I'm able to glean from the January 6th committee and the reactions of his people, the way he's constructing his alleged defense, he don't have squat. They've got Nothing. They've got imagery. 
And what Donald is attempting to do is simply maintain that image in the belief that somehow if, 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 his, if his most loyal supporters will continue to believe in him like they believed in him in the lead up to January 6th of 2021, if, if that same image is projected over and over and over, they will more and more and more continue to believe. They, the government, all these states, they're nothing but one huge uh, anti-Donald rabbit hole. They're going after the guy. Everything is weaponization. They will believe his crap as long as he is able to control the narrative. Get that in your head. And he has. But you see, that's about to change in a huge, massive way. And, and we've watched the beginning of the change already, but we're, we're so wedded to, the manipula to being manipulated by Donald and his media types with the imagery and the, and the soundtrack that goes with his belligerence that we can't even see the changes that have already taken place. What am I referring to in terms of changes that have already taken place? Well, let's take the two criminal indictments that have come down already. In both instances, Donald called for big, oh, there's going to be huge numbers of people, gigantic protests. They're going to be out there. They're going to be, you, that they can't do this to me. Now, he's always cautious not to say burn down uh, the, the courthouse, uh, go ahead and, uh, and I want you to attack. But no, it's always in a passive tone. This is, this is a mob boss thing you put out a message that is understood as a message, and it'll be, re oh, Jesus, it's going to be, this, this, I, I, I'm hearing this, this, this could be a really messy, bad situation. Translation to anyone who's listening, who, who, and it's not hard to read this, I want you out there to have to create a messy situation. Oh, geez, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing, you know, and, and it, it, the people, people are going to be really upset about this. Oh, translation, I'm supposed to be upset, I'll be out there. This is what created January 6th. In the end, he was stupid enough to say, I'm going to march with you, I'm going to the Capitol, we're going to the Capitol now. He actually laid it out in far more detail. He laid out a conspiracy in essence. I mean, that was, well, th this is what happens when you start to believe your own shit. I mean, and, and when all you've got is your own shit. But okay, well, well let, let me get past that. All of those predictions of huge turnouts for the indictments amounted to squat. Nothing. Zero. The people that showed up in Florida, especially the second time around, well, New York, nothing. There was virtually no one and nothing. 
The people who showed up in Florida, there was more media out there on the street to cover what was going on than there were protesters. And whatever protesters there were, were quietly holding up signs, showing them to the media. There was this normal interaction, interplay that you have with any kind of a, uh, let's call it a protest march, but on the, on the mild side. Oh, very much on the mild side. Why was that? Why why weren't why weren't they out? Why why wasn't there an effort to storm the federal courthouses? Why why were or the state courthouse in the case of New York downtown? Why didn't that happen? Well, you see, over the course of the last two years and change, Jack Smith and his group, well, the federal government, the FBI, Justice Department has basically arrested more than a thousand people. It's not everybody, there's plenty more to go, but over a thousand people who were actively involved in the storming of the Capitol and the insurrection against the United States of America that was fomented as part of a conspiracy headed by Donald J. Trump. About 500 of those people have been convicted and either are in or shall be shortly in federal prison. Some of them had shorter terms. But all of them who were involved in that are suffering the consequences of a criminal federal indictment and conviction and what that does in your life. It does some really, really nasty things. It first costs you a lot of money. It'll probably cost you your job. It'll cost you your credit. It will cost you the respect of, of, of anyone around you. It will cause you to be second-guessed in any future dealings that anyone's going to have with you, unless, of course, you imagine that, well, now I'm going to move into a compound with a bunch of Trump crazies, and that will be my future. But your wife and your kids and your family and your mother and your father and everybody else might not be of that same mindset, might not be so gleeful about the notion that they no longer have the respect of others as a result of what you do. Your life has changed. There was one, one fellow they brought in that had gone through this, and they had him at the January 6th hearing. And basically, he told the story of, well, he believed Donald. And he found out over time that it was a lie. In fact, you hear this story again and again of people during their court cases involved, involving a January 6th that essentially it's only in the process of listening to the federal government laying out the facts of what happened, the predicates to their uh, criminal activity, and showing where they fit into this and, and the non-substantive basis for what they thought they were doing on behalf of Donald, the total lie that was out there. When, this is when, when the rubber hits the road in reality and people are exposed to this, more and more get the idea that this wasn't such a great idea. In fact, it was based on pure, unfettered bullshit. And, and, and that's out there. Now, on top of that, 
the main leaders of the, organiz the organizations, the white supremacists, the, the, the crazies who would take over the government, who, who imagine that there's going to be a huge uh, a civil war and all of these words that, that are designed to get liberals and Democrats really crestfallen and feeling pain and, and worried and, and, and just absolutely just shaking and, 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 you're, you know, and, and, and you're cringing and you're, oh my God, look at what's about to, no. Many of those leaders and many of those, or, the organizations are totally ineffective. Many of the leaders are in prison. And, and what else is out there to run a civil war? Well, no, it's, it's running people's, people are running their mouths off about having a civil war. There's always, I guess, there will always be a Timothy McVeigh type out there who maybe somehow, some way, will figure out a way to do damage to some federal property in a symbolic way. But as far as people who could take over the country, people who could, who could foment a real, live, we're shooting at each other in the street, we're Hatfield and McCoys, we're gray and blue, we're basically drawing lines, we're... we're, we're they're not really there. The image of them being there is damned scary. But they're not there, really. We, we imagine they are. Because Donald, again, go, go back to the source of this, Donald continues to run his mouth off every single day and basically tell us they have yet to lay a glove on me. And as time goes on, the conclusion of true MAGA believers is they can't lay a gun on, uh, they can't lay a hand on the guy. He is invincible. Now you have the entire Republican Party basically backing away, not, wait, not wanting to say a thing about him, not just afraid of the guy, afraid of his influence on the base. The base is basically what he uses to basically run uh, a, a, uh, a primary against anyone who would dare, who would dare to question his authority, his control. It's the whole mob boss mentality. But, but what is it beyond just Donald? You see, what people also don't realize Besides the fact that no one really showed up for the two indictments to create the trouble that they were supposed to create, what people also don't realize, that the way Donald has set this up in terms of I, I, I control everything, he has isolated himself effectively from everyone else and everything else around him. He has people running for, for, for president who are afraid to touch him, but who are waiting for him to basically be taken down so that they could somehow just fill the void. That's, 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 that, that's what's going on there. We'll fill the void when they take him down, but we don't dare do anything to try to take him down ourselves. In the process of recognizing his superior power and strength, what, we're, what we, what everyone is reinforcing and doing is reinforcing his 
unitary control over it all. He is by himself. He's out there on a ledge. He does not have, he does not have however many thousands of people were marching on January 6th to the Capitol. He doesn't have that. That card has been played. If there was going to be some possibility of that happening again, you would have seen it during the first two indictments. It ain't there. There's no there there. We're back to the same damn framed pictures from every single Trump event. There's nothing more. And increasingly, with the irrationality of the attacks on government, with the absolutely vapid non-defense defenses that Donald is putting out there, he basically is turning himself, or I, I would argue has turned himself, into something of a supernatural character within MAGA that somehow will always deus ex machina, come down from heaven, suddenly just pull it all out and it'll all go away because they can't lay a glove on him. But it's in his hands. No one else, not in MAGA, can do a thing about it. Well, his attorneys. No, his attorneys don't have squat. Take it from and again, I, I, am, I am not a criminal attorney, but I have listened to criminal attorneys. I have read the documentation. He's got zero. There are no defenses against virtually anything that he has done. Do you need a little proof of that? Do you need a little, a little, a little basis for understanding that there is no real way to you know, defend well, try the 62 of the 63 cases that went before state and federal courts in Rudy's and, 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 and Sidney Powell and, and John Eastman's effort, collective effort, to basically say that there had been fraud and 62 of those cases were kicked out. Why? Because in virtually every instance, on a motion by the defense, or however this was set up, the other side, the state, the state, the state attorneys general, or the, or the secretary of state, whoever was being sued to basically redo or undo the election results in that particular state, every time a motion would be made, uh, we have received, uh, we've had no proof whatsoever given to us about the, uh, the alleged uh, uh, fraudulent events that are taken. Your Honor, would you please demand this of the, uh, the plaintiff? Uh, uh, Mr. Giuliani, uh, says, says the judge, what do you got? And Rudy, 62 times, or him, or, 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 or Sidney, or, or one of these other clown show types, uh, I, I, I don't have anything. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You just, you just did this big, uh, you did this big event, this big press event outside with, with, your, with, your, with your hair dye dripping down, you know, in front of that, that uh, uh, the, the landscaping uh, place, over, and your hair dye is dripping, and you're foaming at the mouth. What do you, Rudy, what do you got? I, I'm sorry, Your Honor, I've got nothing. Case dismissed. Get out of here. What the hell is wrong with you? And, of course, New York State has decided that 
There's plenty wrong with him. Rudy is no longer able to practice law in New York. His license will be permanently removed very shortly, it would seem right now, though New York State is a little slow about doing that. Washington, D.C. is on the verge of disbarring him completely also. Sidney Powell, they're all being sanctioned by various bar associations. There's no there there. No substance whatsoever for the fundamental claim of the Trump MAGAs, the MAGAites, that there was fraud. Nothing there. Now, as the government, after spending an inordinate amount of time putting together, at least so far, two cases, well, there'll be a second one very shortly with the January 6th, and then, of course, New York State and then Georgia. But these cases have been meticulously assembled. Read, oh, geez, I mean, I wish you could make sense of and read the documentation. There's no defense, there's no, there's no defenses in fact or in law that will make any difference here. So, what can Donald do? Well, you could try to fix a jury. You could try to make a jury impossible to find. You can do every mob boss trick in the book. But it ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work this time. And I will be very surprised if Jack Smith, this time around, goes with a sealed, uh, with a sealed what they call true bill, the, the actual indictment, and leaves it sealed or uh, uh, says to the judge who, who basically has to okay the actual indictment coming down, let's keep this sealed for two or three days. Uh, no, the usual reason why you, why you seal an indictment that's coming down is you're afraid that the defendant might flee. You need time for the government to go out and, and pull him in. There's zero, zero, zero chance that Donald is fleeing the country at this point. There's just no way that's going to happen. Okay, so there's no reason to have a sealed indictment, which would mean, I believe, Jack Smith will be having a press conference, a very, very well-organized, very thoughtful press conference that will come immediately after this indictment comes, before Donald has the opportunity to basically seize the narrative and basically put every kind of bullshit on earth out there in order to at least muddy the waters enough that now you begin from the deficit of his lies and have to work your way back to the truth. And there's more of this hand-wringing, and oh my God, he got away with it again. No, no, no. And, and, and just to kind of wrap this idea up, Donald will be... According, according to the time frame that has been agreed on just for the Mar-a-Lago case right now, that will be in mid-May of, of 2024, Donald will be tried and convicted during the presidential campaign. Now, he will say, uh, and he'll yell and scream that it's a, it's a fraud, it's a fake, it's everything else. But no way in hell you're going to put me in because that'll be proof that this was all about just taking me off the field. Do you think that'll work? Do you think that any judge 
will say, well, you know, you've been convicted of serious crimes of espionage against the United States and, and misuse of classified documents. People usually do 10 years. for we, But we're going to hold off while you take your best shot at becoming president of the United States. That's... That's, and, and if you say, well, Eileen Cannon, you know, she's in his pocket, blah, blah. Okay, okay. That's that case. New York State begins in March of 2024. The, the January 6th story will begin to unfold with the truth of all of that very shortly. The... Uh, the, uh, the, the Fannie Willis down in Fulton County, uh, Georgia, her indictments are said to be on the table for next week or the week after. There won't be a federal judge named, uh, you know, Eileen Cannon who will be able to uh, put off when those trials start. And Donald's got nothing. Nothing. Zero, zilch, wipeout, nothing to go with. And as the story evolves about the truth of everything that he has done, why he's indicted, why this is all coming down, as the weight of that becomes more and more apparent, you will watch this MAGA base, this, this solid base of MAGAites, will compress all the more. The true believers will believe beyond all belief, but they'll simply form themselves into a chum ball. They'll form themselves into a sardine grouping somewhere in the Atlantic, and they will be picked, well, if I'm trying to follow the analogy a little bit more than perhaps I should here. They will begin to bleed off they will begin to drip away from the, the edges of that group, will become less and less cohesive. It'll become a smaller and tighter group with no real uh, leaders to begin their civil war for them. And basically what will wind up happening is that they will essentially see that there's nothing there, more and more and more and more. And once Donald is convicted, once Donald is sentenced, once he is taken off the playing field, the independent vote, the people that really ultimately elect presidents in this country, independent voters will have turned from him in droves. This could well turn into the Donald election in 2024, assuming, he, assuming he's the candidate, that's not definite yet. Again, this is all based on, on Donald's fantasies that everybody buys into because this could change once these cases really get ro rolling. Remember, the, on, on what we know from the target letter that came down uh, in, the, uh, in, in this case for January 6th, he has, you know, deprivation of right. There's a three Title 18 uh, charges that we're aware of. There could be a lot more by the time it gets there. Conspiracy to defraud the United States. Conspiracy. Anything that was done by anyone else, Mark Meadows, Rudy Giuliani, who people are beginning to believe probably may have flipped already, anything they told the government can be imputed to Donald. You ain't seen nothing 
yet. It is that center of the road, those independents that elect presidents. We had two blowouts in my lifetime. That would be the second Nixon election and the second Reagan election. When Nixon went up against George McGovern, I think he won something like 40, 40 states or 45 states. Nixon won, I, Reagan won, I think, 48 or 49 states. It can be that big a blowout this time. Because the only thing supporting Donald, the only thing under him, the only thing keeping him afloat is Donald and his mouth. And once it's apparent that he no longer has any control over the mechanisms that can get somebody primaried, once he is basically a criminal, once he is no longer able to do anything of substance on a political level, people will flee from him in droves. Now, I'm a little ahead of the game here, but what I want you to really understand, don't take those images of Donald, the frame, that famous framed image of him, yeah, and clapping his hands in the dark suit and with the smug smile and I am totally in control. It is a contrived image. You could run the same one over and over again and again. That image will not fit the upcoming reality. Understand that. And more than anything else, in the words of Douglas Adams, rest his soul, the genius who wrote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and all of those other related books at that time. More than anything else, two words, don't panic. But I'll add, be aware and keep track of. But by God, don't panic. It's Friday, it's a hot day in the summer. Oh, and by the way, it's, uh, it, it, well, if it's Friday, and even if it's a hot day, oh, that means, oh, David Bach is going to show up in a couple of minutes. Wow, okay, I'm going to stop this here. You can, you can bet your booties there'll be more to talk about on this topic in the days and weeks ahead because you'll watch all of this come to fruition. You'll watch Donald out there on a tightrope by himself, the only one who can fix it, and he will be falling off that tightrope constantly, constantly reaching out to have other people to hold him up, and no one will be able to do that. Just, we'll wait and see, but, okay. First, before David gets here, oh, you know, a little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make center-left radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. I'm going to ask a question. Yeah, I know the answer. I would be shocked if it were anything but a rather long answer because there's just too much. Well, enough. David, what's on your mind? Well, there's a lot, and if you want to hear more, you can follow me on well, it's Twitter now, or it's X, and by next week it might be Doge. Um, who knows what the the website will be called? It's how, whatever. How, form however, it however, the, uh, the 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 electronic winds blow. Well, we'll talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about it for a second. Okay. Um, at uh, faces uh, faces ideas go. So, Elon Musk, after changing the uh, the name of his, the website that he lost thirty million dollars in value on, yeah, uh, thirty billion dollars in value on. Um, to a thing that he doesn't have the IP for because he wants to make it like the central banking uh, do everything app, which just on its face seems like the thing that the people who love him most would just be insanely suspicious if, I don't know, George Soros did it or like the IMF or the world or, or, or just like any of these organizations that they hate just literally revert verbatim said the same thing as him they would like lose their minds and say they're coming for you because this is their form of social control yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but uh he had a uh interesting end of the week so we got a um i want to say it was a political article uh diving into the tesla batteries and how um tesla would falsify how far their batteries would go 
by like at least 26% did not reach their, their, um, would not take the charge and go the distance that they were supposed to go on a, on a single right. charge. Yeah. But that's not like, that's not, um, that's not the real issue because, uh, apparently built in buffers, although the buffers didn't really work, but other, but other companies do similar stuff, obviously not to the same extent, Yeah. but the difference is Tesla generated their own, uh, cancellation program where, if you called because you thought you needed maintenance on your Tesla because the battery was getting half of what it said it was, they would just cancel. Wait, just cancel? Cancel what? Cancel your appointment for getting your Tesla checked out. So basically, in, in the words, okay, I, I have a problem with my Tesla. The battery is not charging the thing. I've called no, in, no, no. I've gone online, and, and automatically there's a system in place that basically will now cancel my appointment? Well, the, the problem with that is there's nothing wrong with your Tesla. Yeah. The You think there is because you read the marketing. Right. But there's nothing wrong with your Tesla. So you going in just clogs up all the other actual problems with Tesla in their maintenance uh, stores. So it's specifically designed for people who are complaining about battery life. Wait, 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 let me. I, I'm fascinated by this. So what you're saying is the marketing material that people have read that would lead them to believe that they're getting 26% less than they should be getting, that's a lie to begin with. So that if you go in and took your car in and said, hey, find that extra 26% from me, there's nothing to find, therefore your appointment gets canceled? Is Am I hearing you right? They would cancel before you came in because they wanted to keep the shops running. I mean, how long has this been going on? I think a couple of years. Um, but uh, th that's not the, 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 that just, I mean, obviously it just requires more oversight because I think it's a general issue with a lot of BEVs. Uh, obviously they don't have the same issues uh, as Tesla and they don't have this, this marketing company as well. Um, but there's that. But the real thing is uh, Twitter now needs to be investigated seriously because there was um, occasionally one of these big right-wing accounts get banned for being like a Nazi or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then all of them cried Elon, say, hey, Elon, he did nothing wrong, let him back. So Elon looked into this one. Uh, so Don LeChange Le or something. I don't even know who this one is. Yeah. Um, but it, and this is, this is his quote, the... The account was suspended because it was it was administering child porn, which I then intervened after removing the images in order to get it reinstated. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! That naughty, offensive child porn. Oh, let's let's get rid of that, and everything will be go right back to Tesla normal or whatever, Elon Musk normal. Yeah. Oh my yeah, goodness. So, you know, people who want to bank with a company, they, they really love when the CEO is like, yeah, child porn's not that big a deal, but God forbid a trans person exists. That's bad. Yeah, I would say uh, so. I would say so. But that's not the end of all of the Twitter stories because Ron DeSantis had some Twitter issues as well. Uh -huh. um, at, at the beginning of the week, one of his uh, his Twitter accounts uh, retweeted a video that ended with a uh, solid grad, which is a Nazi black sun symbol. And 
this is not one of those like oh you know it was a cute image like that was like buried into it like a like a like a hidden easter egg type thing yeah, yeah. no the the last four or five seconds of the clip is them soldiers directly marching into it with his face in the middle um straight out of straight out of a nazi propaganda film yeah okay yeah right so then the original thought was okay he found this some staffer found this off pole or whatever nope turns out he just had a staffer make it well not he did a staffer just made it and uh turns out he's a just a crypto nazi and this brings up an interesting point that the Republican Party is going to have to deal with for the next decade or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. younger staffers who are coming in from online, a lot of them are nonsense because they're just hanging out in these chat rooms getting radicalized because that's what they've been seen as popular. Because there's no – they're not looking to people like Mitch McConnell who had a health scare. No. Um, they're not looking to like – people who know how to govern like Madison Cawthorne didn't have a legislative staff like he didn't have any people who were whose job was was to help with legislation it was all communications like there's a like the closest like the closest thing that they have to somebody who has any idea of what they're doing is like Thomas Massey um they don't have legislators they have clowns and they have people throwing firebombs and that's all they have for their next generation coming up. And unfortunately, some of those are Nazis. Because, you know, you end up, and that's how you end up with like people like Paul Gosar, who literally every month does something, uh, either says something anti-Semitic or uh, retweets from another Nazi, Nazi um, uh, newspaper. And this is not a joke. He's done it like three or four times now. Um, the I know, not this one, but the time before that, he... He took a, uh, a headline praising him yeah. and cut out the anti-Semitic part front um, when he when he put the headline up as like, a, hey, look, this newspaper is praising something I'm doing. So, so, so um, th- th- this sounds to me like a campaign in the throes of total desperation will do anything to get someone to listen, take down your pants and Macy's windows, the whole thing, just anything, anything that will get some kind of traction always thinking about going to the right of Donald, always looking for for some way to be nastier and meaner and having no real control over itself and having no real, no no, no core, no core message other than I'm nasty, I'm mean, I'm no good, and basically love me. I mean, am I close? Kind of. So we talked about this a couple times. First off, his campaign is illegal. Um, The... The, it's basically just run by the pack, which yeah. is not a thing that can happen. Um, but secondly, he has no all his policies are just to hurt people. Yeah, like it's, it's yeah. all just right wing fever dream. There's the the new one is this um, this uh, Florida bill about teaching that there are some good things about slavery, which it is has just made things so much worse. Because first off. All the examples, they're like, look, here are all these examples we have in our curriculum of people who, you know, learn skills like blacksmithing and stuff. None of them were slaves. As far as I'm aware, not a single one of the examples they gave was a slave. It was either somebody who had been freed before they were, um, that before they learned the skill or was born after slavery or was never a slave in the first place. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. The other thing is the guy who came on to, I think it was Jesse Waters to defend this, gave a Frederick Douglass quote, 
which he misinterpreted everything in the quote. Um, his <laughs> so, argument sounds like, was sound like, like Donald, Donald Trump uh, explaining uh, the Presidential Records Act or something. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. But then the, 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 the curious thing that came out of this is now, um, because of this, this brought up a debate on the five, which I'm going to be honest, there's like three brain cells involved in the five, and it's whatever three brain cells make you hit the, the next channel boat. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Button when it comes on, because um, that is there's there's no value in that show. Um, but in it, Greg Gutfeld was making the argument: Oh, um, you know, Jews learn good skills in the Holocaust, um, and he he misquoted a different author uh, about it. But again, they're now doubling down on this that like. Oh no, it's not bad enough that we, you know, said that slavery was kind of okay, but actually the Holocaust was kind of okay. That type. Oh well, sure, of course, you know, yeah, why uh, not? And then we have, uh, yeah, that's and then DeSantis said he was going to put RFK in like the head of the uh, CDC or something. Yeah. Now yeah. There, there's apparently some argument that that uh, Obama might have put him as something to do with the EPA, which is different because. He used to be an EPA type lawyer. Like That's he right. used to litigate um, environmental stuff. He was he was the river he was the guy that was huge with the riverkeeper uh, process here in uh, on the Hudson River here in New York. Yeah, so that's not a thing he's like losing his mind over. Yeah, yeah. But the only reason you would put him in charge of vaccines, granted, this is coming from Florida's governor, where the uh, I think it was during the the Delta spike. Their yeah. um, their death rate is fourteen percent higher than the rest of the country. Yeah, um, their, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their uh, their surgeon general has been caught multiple times just straight up documenting evidence in order to uh, to produce a a more rosy output on their anti vax stuff. Yeah, they like, they, they, is, they they st- they they for a while there. I, I read somewhere, and you 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 would you'd be probably in a better position to verify this. That DeSantis, during COVID, for a while there, was doing sort of what Andy Cuomo was doing, the daily stats, what was going on, what was going on day by day. Once it became apparent that their stats were really bad uh, compared to the rest of the country and just compared to Florida, what you know, going downhill— he, he he turned he turned around and began issuing these uh, notices these 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 uh, press conferences once a week. <laughs> yeah, it became weekly uh, weekly death stats. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Really um, sick, sick stuff. But yeah, it's look. His campaign is floundering. He's probably going to get wiped out in the first debate. Um, whatever the first contest is, there's a good chance he'll come in third, if not lower. Um, but he is again. This was like the the idea that DeSantis was this big, you know, anti uh, Trump alternative is nonsense because the entire his entire campaign was isolated in this Florida bubble, and yeah. the argument was, oh, you know, we did so good in in Florida. Look how well we did. Like first off, they ran terrible candidates. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's not a. Uh, I mean, maybe he may end up isolating himself in Florida, similar to Abbott, Texas. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, it's over for him. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how he, I mean, if he bows out gracefully, yeah. But I think if he gets on the debate stage, 
I don't think he's ever going to have a shot at being president. Back on that debate issue for a second here. What is your understanding about whether or not uh, the former governor of the state of New Jersey will be able to find himself on that debate stage? I think he's already on it. Is, Is he definitely on? If I'm Trump, that's what I worry about. I think Christie's on it. Um, Chris Mike Christie, you and you, you know better than anyone, has been making the rounds of all of the progressive uh, platforms and everything else. That's where he's getting a lot of a lot of play because he's taking on Trump directly and calling it out directly, and he's using, unlike let's say a Rudy who basically, you know, is just waiting for the next blob of hair dye to go down the side of his face and that'll rot his brain out a bit more as New York State takes away his law license permanently, and and, then feds already have, I believe. Christie has... Christie was an idiot for buying into... uh, buying into Trump. Uh, He was was nuts. Uh, He was the deer-in-headlight famous shot of him over in Trump Tower, uh, and now he's trying to redeem himself, not unlike, I guess, Bill Barr and people like that. But what he's saying on air, what I'm hearing him say, is to the point, correct, and damning. What is your take on what might happen with Christie I mean, on that stage? The, the ideal for Christie is that he does to Trump what Warren did to uh, Bloomberg and just take him out of the race. I don't think it's going to happen because Bloomberg was polling at 13% and Trump is polling at like 50. Yeah. Um, but the state that is going to probably shake up the race. Um, he's going to do so- he's going to do something to Trump. He's going to do well, something to I don't Trump. I don't think Trump is going to show up. Um, but that's not we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I think the winners of the first debate will probably be be uh, Christie and uh, Vivek Rush Ramashami because he's there. He's like that that crazy vein that they really like. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But let yeah. let's talk about Trump now because yesterday uh, he got a a superseding indictment. Yep. Uh, basically saying that hey, uh, we have direct confirmation, and they 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 um, charged the the head make the head of maintenance. I believe that's who it was. Their head of maintenance down there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with uh, trying to destroy evidence. So this is apparently the oh, guy. But, who, but the, the type of evidence he was trying to destroy is is the joy of, of this indictment. What he was attempting to do when one looks back at the 2016 presidential campaign. But go on. Well, right. You see. It's not okay to acid wash or whatever else they claim Hillary did with her <laughs> documents. What you have to do is drain your hotel's pool into the video storage room of your hotel. <laughs> yeah. Which, why that is a thing you are capable of doing, God knows why. Well, yeah, right. I mean, th- th- this, it's, it's all so nuts. But in any event... So, but but the superseding indictment in it in essence is saying that the very thing and I'm, I'm now I'm extrapolating but but the very thing that Trump beat the drum on or beat Hillary over the head with through, throughout the 2016 campaign is precisely what he is guilty of. Why? Because this is being charged under a conspiracy count. 
so that anything that was done by this groundkeeper, this maintenance guy, is inferable directly to Donald in the case. And the irony of this, the, 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 the sheer smirking irony of this is just unbelievable. But there it is. Right. And apparently they've also found the Iran document that he uh, was. I did not hear that. Oh, wow. The one that's that the one he was the one that Trump allegedly was showing to showing off to people. Yeah. Yeah. This seems to be my understanding is they actually wow. have that document. Although it's not clear if they've always had that document or where, or, or, or how they they found it, I, uh, I I'm not sure. I, that's I'm not my sure. understanding yeah. of it. But I mean, we're going to be uh, hearing a lot more about this, of course, as time goes right. on. Yeah. And obviously, he still has the January sixth one that's going to come down. Um, we don't know when that will be, but you know, it's um, this. These this is just a very clear case that he did wrong. Yeah. Uh, we, I want to talk very quickly about the Republican Party because they're they so uh, they've been spending their time, you know, talking about trying to impeach Joe Biden. Go for it. Um, Go for it. Which I don't know if they'll be able to get a um, an impeachment bill to the floor. Yeah. Uh, because they kind of have nothing like like actually nothing. Um, and also in response to this. That would be people like Lev Parnas and Rudy Giuliani would have to testify. That's right. Uh, and also, uh, this this there's this funny little line that um, that Kevin McCarthy keeps using. And this is not really an excuse for anything, but it is it is worth noting that this is what he's saying. He's saying if we use an impeachment inquiry, that we can. Um, will have greater oversight powers. Right. It's, well, it's, it's not an impeachment. It's it's an impeachment inquiry. That that you know, he's he's using that splitting that hair. And even that was a backup position when he realized that the notion of impeachment went over like a lead balloon. A lot of the so-called moderates within his conference basically said, no way in hell. That's a bridge we won't cross. Okay. Well it's also not historically accurate because when the Trump I don't know if it was the first or the second impeachment. They turned over zero documents. That's right. So, oh, we could do this so we could get better documents, better insight. No, you can't. They they don't have to to deal with this, probably because whatever you're, you're arguing is crazy. But the other thing is, especially since they left, um, it's curious timing because the uh, the prosecutor, the 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 Weiss, who they've been, who these all these whistleblowers are talking about, yeah, he said i will testify and ah. then suddenly they all go away and when they come back they have to shut the government down so it's not like <laughs> they're going to have time to do these hearings and once you look at it during that i think they're out for six weeks now yeah the august recent how, is about six weeks after labor day they won't be back till after labor day and then after all of that time they're going to come back and oh we got to deal with the government bill and oh we just don't have time to do this uh to do this hearing with you, we have, but we're going to spend the next six weeks talking about um, all these different, you know, ways Joe Biden is corrupt by just repeating these things that are hearsay or not founded or all that stuff. And, oh, I guess we just, you know, we're just going to keep muddying the waters and screaming about Hunter Biden. Funny how that happens. <laughs> oh, David, 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 David. Um, we live in interesting times. We live in uh, in the in the 
the heat of late July, and we basically are still uh, sitting here watching the, whatever might have passed for substantive basis uh, of, of discussion, much less legislation, on the part of the Republican Party uh, dissipate completely. We are watching. Uh, we are. We are watching the the Speaker of the House basically collapse in on himself. We are watching what will go down in history. I have no doubt as the least function. Forget about productive. The least functional Congress in the history of this country. And we're doing this as Donald is about to add up to four, count them, four indictments. So far, 72 counts between the first two from New York and the Florida case. That's uh, Lose on one of those counts, by the way, and you probably have at least four years. Then you add to that the January 6th, which will be far more powerful. And then, of course, Fannie Willis's case from, uh, from uh, Fulton County in Georgia. And that's going to be devastating and people suddenly maybe maybe they'll begin to realize that it's all smoke and mirrors it's all bullshit it's all donald propping it all up and once donald begins to fall and cave people will run from him like rats from a sinking ship that's what will happen here because once it's obvious that he's going down and that'll become obvious soon enough Basically, that's the point at which, at a minimum, people run away from home. But that's, that's still ahead of us. It's, it's, uh, we're in for fascinating times. You're going to be talking about it like crazy. Again, uh, where can people find you uh, going forward? Uh, whatever Twitter is being called this week, and you can follow me at Faces, uh, faces Ideas now. <laughs> whatever, whatever Elon can get away with. Uh, oh, God. We live in interesting times, David, and, and, I, and I can't thank you enough for making them more interesting for us on Fridays. Uh, look forward to where this is. By the time we meet again next Friday, we will have the third indictment. We might even have the fourth. Uh, Fannie Wills, uh, there's talk that she may do something uh, as early as next week, the first week of August. Well, I thought we knew that already. I thought we knew it was probably going to be the end of July. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to probably I, I, have... Two more indictments to talk about next week. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But that's why they play the games. And, uh, and frankly, that's why uh, at the end of these segments, we, we play a little more jazz.
listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. A guy who has never had a judicial glove really touch him is about to be pummeled. Donald will have four indictments on his shoulders by this time next week. All of the imagery that we've been shown forever will be for naught. This guy is about to become little more than a footnote in history for all but the most fervent MAGAites.